I have come to really enjoy um, the opportunity to share God's word on a weekly basis. And yet, it's even more fun for me whenever we come around to a fifth Sunday of the month and I get to hear from you. Uh, there's something beautiful about this. It's been incredibly powerful over the years. We've been doing this for a good long time now. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, it is the fifth Sunday of December today, and that means I am not going to preach a full message. Um, We're going to share together what God has been doing in our lives, and I'm going to invite many of you, uh, as the Spirit prompts and leads, to come and share your own story of how you've experienced God at work uh, over the course of the last year, 2018. So you can begin to reflect on that right now. Um, But though I'm not going to preach a whole message, I do want to just prime the pump a little bit. If I can go back to that analogy, I want to prime the pump for you. And I want to share just a couple brief thoughts with you that I hope will help inspire you to want to share something. Is that okay? Um, I have a secret to tell you. And the secret is this, that, that we do this, this fifth Sunday thing, God stories, not just so that I can have a little break, which is nice, I appreciate that, but, but that's not really the purpose. The purpose isn't, you know, just to give the pastor a Sunday off where he doesn't have to prepare a message. Actually, the purpose is much more significant than that. And we don't do this just to, um, you know, so that uh, people can kind of touch base with each other, and uh, it's not like just for the sake of the open mic, if you will. There's a purpose at work when we do this that you might not have been aware of. I want to clue you in to that purpose. You know what it is? It's equipping. Equipping. Think about that word. What does it mean to be equipped? It means that you are being prepared to do something that you otherwise might have felt unprepared to do. So equipping is about preparation. And what I mean by that is that we are being equipped here when we come together by sharing our stories of how God is at work. We are being equipped to do that out there in the world. This is a safe space. We are friends. We are brothers and sisters. We, this is like you might think, oh, my gosh, it's so difficult. It's so awkward. It's so, I'm so afraid to stand up and talk in front of this group of people. Well, actually, if you think that and you feel that, then you're probably not going to open your mouth and share about how God is at work in your life when you get out into the world because that's even worse, isn't it? Don't you think? Shouldn't it be easier to share your God story with the people of God than it is with the world? So think of this as practice. Practice. This is equipping. This is learning to open your mouth and speak of God's work so that you're ready and willing to do it in the world whenever the opportunity presents itself. Maybe you're in a conversation with a coworker and the Lord prompts you, the Holy Spirit prompts you to share a little story of how God has been at work in your life. That's a beautiful thing to do. That's a powerful thing to do. That's, in fact, 
the invitation of God, that we would be his ambassadors, that we, we would be his witnesses to the world. But many of us don't do that, are afraid to do that. We're hesitant for whatever reason. We, we neglect to open our mouths when the opportunity presents itself because we don't feel ready. We don't feel equipped to do it. Let me give you a, a word of, uh, from Scripture here. Psalm 107 is directly related to this. It says in Psalm 107, verses 1 and 2, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. So when something good happens in your life, of course, you should be thankful for it, right? You should thank God for the good works that he has done and continues to do in your life. Thanksgiving and worship Celebration is an important part of how we respond to the work of God. But then look at verse 2. It goes on from there. That's not enough. Verse 2, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Think about that. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. So what God is looking for is not just that you would thank him for what he's done in your life. He's inviting you to tell the story. He's inviting you to open your mouth and give praise to him by telling the story to others. Making known the goodness of God, making known the grace of God, making known the power of God and the love of God by opening your mouth to tell the story. In fact, I'm reminded of a verse from Luke. If you'd go ahead and put that one up. Jesus himself said this in Luke, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. There's another translation that I'm more familiar with. Maybe it's the old NIV because they keep changing it over the years. It goes like this. Maybe you're more familiar with this too. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's flowing out of your heart? What has God been doing in your life? How has he been at work? How have you seen him moving? If you'd go ahead and put this reflection up for me, Carson, I want you to just think really quickly here about the takeaway from all this. What I'm saying is God is calling us to be equipped so that we're ready and willing to speak more boldly for him and of him to the world around us. That's what this is about. That's what we're going to do together this morning. We're going to share our God stories with one another, but don't think that it's just about what happens here and now. This is about preparing you and equipping you to do this out there. And I think when you think of it in those terms, it's a helpful inspiration and motivation. One last thought about this. Go ahead and put the the next slide up, Carson. Think of it like... um, Like, what's the difference between a seed and fruit? Maybe when you think about the good things that God's done in your life, you think of it as the fruit of his presence at work, his power at work, 
the fruit of your faith, the fruit of your prayers, are the good things that God does for you, the ways in which he demonstrates his presence and power in your life. And it is true that those things are fruit in that sense, the fruit of your faith and the fruit of your prayers, but they are also seeds in your mouth. At the same time, both fruit and seeds. Fruit always brings with it the seeds of what, will God, what God will do next. So think of it that way, that God has placed the seeds in you, in your heart, and in your mouth, so that you can see that fruit multiplied in the lives of others. So with that, we're going to open the mic, and uh, I'm going to invite you to come as the Spirit prompts you, and to share, to give voice to how God has been at work in your life over the course of the last year. Maybe there's a particular story that comes to mind right now. Um, It doesn't have to be your salvation story. It doesn't have to be, you know, how you came to faith in the first place. It can be any story of God's work in your life over the last year. How have you seen him at work? What has he been doing to demonstrate his goodness, his grace, his power, his love? Let's tell the story. Now, let me encourage you to do it briefly because I think there are many people that are going to want to share. And so if you can kind of um, generally confine your your story to maybe three, four minutes or so, um, make sure you hold the microphone right up here so that uh, the recording will work well and everyone can hear you. Um, It's kind of like an ice cream cone. You want to hold it right out in front of your mouth, not way down here or it doesn't work. See the difference? Okay, but don't, you know, don't eat it. Just hold it, hold it up as if you're ready to eat it. All right. Who's ready? Who wants to get the ball rolling this morning? Come home. Amen. Thank you. So this has been an interesting year for me personally and just with my faith. And so I was trying to think through how I'd go about saying this, but this last year, um, it's been really interesting, maybe a year, year and a half of just um, dealing with a lot of like cynicism within my heart, uh, dealing with some doubts, doubts about, um, you know, how my faith plays out in the world, right? How, how, how it functionally works and trying to understand that. And I mean, I've been a Christian for, this would be 21 years, so since 1997, really practicing faith and um but if i if i'm really just honest with myself this this it's been tough you know really um you know it's it's always good to be able to serve and be able to worship but there's always kind of this this lingering almost like grief that that's at play within my heart um like i said a cynicism like when i hear people getting you know uh we had i think i was sharing with Carrie i won't share my exact thoughts but hearing a story of how a, a woman and a couple were able to pray, and they had prayed and prayed and prayed, and she got pregnant, and they had a baby. And that was a sign of God's faithfulness. And I'm like, we prayed for that, and, you know, and we even felt like we had promises, and nothing happened. And there was, so there was, there was a real grief in that. So, like, what, what does that mean? What, what is God doing? You know, like, is God, you know, 
Is, is he distant? You know, I was just asking myself these questions like, okay, God, what really is going on? How are you at work here? All the while, kind of feeling like at the end of, I think it's Lamentations, right? The end where he's just like, ah, blah, 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 but I know you're faithful, God. You know, so I mean, I kind of feel that way overall, you know, just, I know, God, I know you're faithful, God. I know you're real. I know you're, you're, um, you're good, regardless of what I expect to have happen. And I even asked Vicky a question. We listened to a song, like, God never fails. God, you've never let me down. And I asked Vicky, he's like, do you, do you believe that? Do you believe that God is never... And she said, I do believe that, but sometimes our own expectation is let down. God has never let me down, but our expectations that we kind of put up there don't always come true. It's just the reality of life. We don't have biological children. We won't have biological children. It's over. So that's a fact. I can deal with that and still say, I know God is good. Um, so at the end of the year, towards the end of the year, it was you know kind of the myths. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, uh, one thing that we had been praying about over the last few years is uh, I work you know outside. A lot of you guys know I'm a lineman. I mean, we work in the harshest conditions. We work in sometimes good conditions. Sometimes we take a nap in the truck. Regardless... Doesn't matter. I'm out there working. But it could be in the middle of the night, and it's, 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 it's not an easy job. So Vicky has been praying for something, something to change, something that, that would be, and I'm like, I don't know what exists that I can do what I'm doing. It's still, so out of the blue, um, I get this call from my work saying that they want me to do more of like a, you know, I'm basically working 7.30 to 4.30 in the day, and I don't have to work in the middle of the night anymore in be honest, I was kind of like looking over my shoulder when I got the word, like, okay, when's the rug going to get pulled out? Like, this can't, this isn't true. This, there's no way that this can be such a blatant answer to prayer. But it was. And um, to the point where, and then I got a 10-point buck. I think I shared this. <laughs> I don't know if that had anything to do with what God was doing, but it, to be honest, when that happened, I just felt like like blessed to the point where I don't deserve this because there's always been a part of me that wants to earn God's favor. I'm a people pleaser, and it, and it plays out in my relationship with God badly where I think that if I perform just right, that's when all these good things will start happening in my life. In the last year, I've been a cynic. I've been, you know, doubtful, questioning things. Not in a horrible way, but, you know, just it's reality. And all of a sudden, God just shows up and bang, bang, hits me with these blessings. And it, it kind of drove me to my knees just to, just to realize, you know, one, I don't, I don't deserve any grace or goodness. It was just God's blessing in that moment. So um, it's good, and I'm thankful, and um, I don't know anything else to say, but it's a good I got a new job, and it's, it's really cool. It's still like, oh, this is happening. So, and it is a blessing. So. It's a good thing. That's why I'm sure. Yeah. Lord, thank you for the joy, God, of this provision for Deej. Lord, we celebrate. Your, your word says that we're to rejoice with those who rejoice. And so, God, we do in this moment rejoice with Deej and Vicki, Lord, over the provision. Um, we receive it as from you, as an answer to, to prayer, Lord. Maybe Vicki wasn't the only one praying, but certainly uh, one of the most significant ones praying, Lord, for for, for a breakthrough, for something new, and you've done it. And so, Lord, we pray for your blessing on Deej in this new position 
where he's now teaching others to do what he used to do. And um, I pray, Lord, that you would give him favor in that role. I pray that you would... Um, that, that he would be attractive and appealing, uh, Lord, that not just, not just what he has to teach about that job, but that, that people would see you in him and that they would see in his heart, in his character, in his demeanor, in the way that he relates to others, in the joy that he carries and the peace, that they would see you at work and be drawn to it. And I pray, Lord, that you would give him a new position of authority to represent you more than the job, Lord, that, that this would be a new opportunity in ministry, a new opportunity in the kingdom to represent you. Let it be, in Jesus' name, amen. Hi, everyone. I'm Chelsea. I um, have never been to this church before, and I think that this is the reason why I'm here today. <laughs> Praise God. Um, I might get a little misty. Okay, so um, let's see here. October of 2016, a week before my son's first birthday, his father um, sent us out of the home. Um, he said, you know, I, I, think, I think time is up. Your time is up. And I always, um, after that point, um, I felt like my time was up for every part of my life. Um, and I became a single mom a full-time single mom, a full-time employer for the Department of State. Um, and at that point, I also didn't have the Lord fully active. Um, the Lord has always been there. I've come to this conclusion. <laughs> um, but it's all about me receiving his uh, glory and his presence. Um, and I, it took, let's say, it took, you know, a few months of struggling, a few months of, you know, desperation, a few months of a little bit more sin left, you know, a little bit more, um, uh, I continue to seek him in some manner, though, like the foxhole prayers, or, oh, get me out of the situation, or, or, or help me continue to stay sober, or continue to, you know, maintain, just maintain life, you know, maintain my job, maintain my parenting, maintain all of this. And also at that point without the Holy Spirit like coming over my life, it was always like keep me at peace, keep me keep me and it was always like 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 I said, foxhole prayers of like how to just survive, you know? And I was actually like I don't know how I'm able to have a father for my son other than our Holy Spirit because his father is not fully not involved anymore because of substance abuse. Um, I just want to put it out there that I have eight years of sobriety, so it's not like, you know. My, my point is, is that, you know, it, substance abuse was not a struggle for our relationship at the time that we were together. It exposed itself after the point. And the Holy Spirit really took, because uh, I continued to start surrendering around February, March, when I said, you know, something's not right with, his co-parenting situation, and I mean, and I hope you guys know I prayed about this as, you know, we were out praying that there's a difference, and I'm learning from Joyce Myers that we have to be super careful about our, our actual words that we speak, because I, I want you to know I'm not saying this in gossiping. I'm saying this in in um, sharing my experience of the Holy Spirit and, and how the Trinity has, you know, helped my life in this last year. 
So I've continued to start seeking, and I um, honestly, Liberty Christian was just kind of placed at me at the time that I needed to, and now I'm starting to kind of seek a, a full-time home church where I can, you know, grow in the Lord in a different manner. Um, but Easter was when I started going to this church, um, and it, the Holy Spirit kind of just reminded me that he was there the second that I started actively going back to a church and, you know, going back to me saying that mm, the Holy Spirit and and um, the Trinity is my son's father. He's also my father, you know. And I continue to remember that, you know, all of that struggle that got me to right now, I have to remember that, you know, again, it's it's because I started surrendering. It's because I started learning. I started listening. I started, you know, seeking his word and started to the, how do you say, the quotes or the the play on words of things, you know, keep it simple and all those stuff. I used to hate hearing it because it was just so direct. You know, it was just so phony at first because when you're in recovery without, you know, the Holy, without Christ involved, because a lot of recovery meetings and things like that are very like, they gave you an opportunity to create your God. Let me tell you, my God's way bigger than that, okay? We can all attest to that. I don't know, but just following that up, the, you know, I have been more firm in my relationship with Christ in the midst of the struggle. You know, James 1.1 does say that, you know, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. And I continue to hold on to that in all these moments. When my two-year-old is having a meltdown at my new church that I'm coming to, walking in saying, oh, because apparently they said that, you know, there wasn't any nursery. And I was like, almost like started to cry because I was like, oh my gosh, Andrew, why are you doing this? (laughs) Why are you having a meltdown? Everyone can hear you. But then two seconds later, it was like, okay. Someone else is here. It's going to work out. And then I walked in here, and I was super nervous because I was like, I'm different than everyone, and I'm that girl that looks unnatural and not normal. Duh. We're all the same. So I very much appreciate you guys welcoming to this home. But most importantly, there is a Holy Spirit in this place. Let me tell you. Um. Uh, I just wanted to share my a little bit of my story and where the Lord has, you know, blessed me with mainly the Word as you know, and 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 prayer is really what's keeping me, you know, easing into the 2019 year. Absolutely. Thank. You. Go ahead. You can. Yeah. Amen. Lord, thank you for Chelsea. God, thank you for bringing her here this morning. Thank you for this work that you're doing in her life. We bless, Lord, her, uh, her surrender to you. We bless, Lord, her desire to see you be a father to her child. And uh, just the recognition, Lord, that she needs your help. She needs your presence. She needs your power. She needs your grace. And so we do um, welcome her here this morning. 
And we pray, Lord, that you would continue to guide her steps, uh, both with regard to how and where she connects to a church, but also just uh, beyond that, Lord, each day with every challenge she faces, Lord, that you would guide her through this season and bless her, Lord, with the presence of your spirit, fullness of your spirit. Let your grace and peace rest over her right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So I wasn't going to share this story, but when Pastor Kevin was talking, um, I really felt prompted to, because a lot of times I'm one of those people who feels very unequipped to talk about my faith. Um, But I have just seen the Lord be really faithful in that, and so I want to tell you guys a little bit about it. So I went to school this fall, and I had been praying that the Lord would give me opportunities to share my faith because I'm at a huge state school, and I knew that I'm with so many people who just have no idea about the Lord. Um, and I didn't realize when I prayed that how many opportunities the Lord would bring across my path. And um, one of them in particular, um, in all times, I just really felt like the Lord was with me in that, especially um, helping me to feel equipped, um, and that is all due to his grace and goodness. Um, But one time, I have this class, and it's a three-hour-long class, and the last hour is all discussion, And we take turns writing questions up on the board. We all push our chairs back in a circle, and we discuss them together. Um, And there's one girl in particular in my class who is the smartest girl I've ever met. She is the most eloquent girl I've ever met. She is just incredible. Um, Some of the other students don't like her very much because she talks a lot about what she thinks. But she also calls herself a raging atheist. And I was the only one in the class who had ever shared a little bit about my faith. Just briefly, people were talking about religion, and I had mentioned that I was a Christian. And when it was her turn to write the questions on the board, she looked right at me, and all four of her questions were very critical and pointed straight at Christianity um, and religion in general in that sense. And I just started sweating. I was like, oh, no. And... (laughs) My professor even leaned over to me and said, oh, she's going straight for the jugular. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So I started praying because I got so nervous because sometimes I'm just horrible with words, and she knows how to word everything perfectly. And um, long story short, I not only got to defend my faith, but I got to share the gospel with my entire class, and everyone was just listening to me. And it was just the most incredible thing because I am bad with words. And so it was clearly the Holy Spirit that um, gave me everything to say, and it was actually quite powerful. And even after class, my professor, who isn't a Christian, really commended me and kind of just praised me in front of the whole class for how I not only said things, and just for living out my faith confidently. And that is only due to the Holy Spirit and his goodness. So that is a huge praise to the Lord's faithfulness. What's her name? Lord, thank you for this opportunity. God, we bless Elise and, and uh, the way that you've been faithful, Lord, to show her your presence and to open her mouth and fill it with words that are from you. And so, Lord, Cameron, right? 
Lord, we lift up Cameron right now. She has no idea. She has no idea that your people, Lord, are asking you to change her heart. And so we speak by faith, Lord Jesus, that that you would bring to Cameron a revelation of Jesus Christ, that you would make yourself known to her in a way that is undeniable, and Lord, that you would change her heart, change her mind, and change her words, Lord, that she would come to bear witness that what Elise said was true. And uh, I pray, Lord, for for this relationship, that despite the um, sort of antagonistic spirit in which she's related to Elise, that Elise would be able to respond with grace and love and represent you, continue to represent you well in that relationship, Lord, that she would embody your grace and love to this young woman. And Lord, we pray for this entire class, Lord, not just for Cameron, but for each person, Lord, who's now heard the message, God, that your spirit would be at work and that you would be turning hearts to you. Use Elise, Lord. Continue to use her to bear witness to who you are and to tell her story. We agree together for these things in Jesus' name. It's interesting that you bring up the fact that she's an atheist. <clears throat> I work with somebody who's an atheist, and I've thrown this out there before. If you claim to be an atheist and say there's no God, you're basically claiming that there is an existence of God, if you understand what I'm saying. Because if you're an atheist and claim there's no God, why claim you're an atheist? Because there's nothing to claim. But by the very existence claiming that they're an atheist, they're claiming that there is a God, in my opinion. And I've brought this up to people who are atheists in the OR before, and they don't know what to say. <clears throat> I'm always here to bring you hospital stories, and uh, there's a couple of them. It's fun. It is for me because I get to see the stuff. I don't see the results, but I see the stuff. So there's this nine-year-old that got ran over by a vehicle and wasn't looking good. And I don't even know if it still is, but there are a lot of people in the yard that were touched by this and have gotten to know to know the family. Nine-year-old made serious progress. In fact, they're claiming it's like a miracle child, which it's, it's just God working. It wasn't the child's time. Children are resilient. Another instance just happened uh, a few weeks ago. A loader was doing something and the bucket fell on this guy's legs. Basically crushed him. Uh, I think he received like 20 units of blood or whatever it may be. And they're dinking around in the the ER. It's nothing against them. There's tests that you need to run in order to bring the patient to the OR. Finally, the orthopod said, the patient's coming down now because the guy wasn't doing well. 
And his wife was in there holding his hand. She was crying. Uh, so they brought him to the ER, and it basically saved his life. And while in there, I was just praying, Lord, just do something with this guy. And I felt this calmness and uh, reassurance that he was going to. And it's like, you know when you get cold and you get the chills? That's what happened to me. And I just looked up at him and said, all right, Lord, I don't know what's going on here, but something's happening. The guy still has not woken up yet. Uh, if it's something that, I don't, I don't know his name. I'm not going to be doing this HIPAA violation thing. Um, but if you guys would just pray for that, and uh, maybe I'll have an opportunity to go talk to him. I, that's not something that I've, I've done yet because I don't know where he's at. Uh, but needless to say, it's an interesting field. We see interesting things. Dr. Mitchell can attest to it. Um, there's always places that God has placed us for situations um, as that. Deed's getting a new job. He's got him there for a reason. He's taking you in a different direction. Not only are you going to teach people, but you're going to teach people about the Lord, whether they like it or not. <clears throat> and now at the least, dealing with this girl who's eloquent, but she's missing something very significant in her life, and that's the Lord. And I believe you're going to make an impact in her life, and she's going to come to know Jesus because he's going to use you. And uh, God's using this church. He, he really is. The love of the Lord is in this place. I don't always want to come to church, but if I don't come to church, I feel guilty. But when I get here, it's a different story. So keep up the good work. Be faithful. And be used by God. All right, we're going to pray right now. But, uh, you know, this is all about equipping, right? Which means I'm not the only one that can pray. So who feels a burden to pray for these people that Eric's just talked about? Come on. Father, um, we are just, uh, again, God, thankful that you are at work, Lord. It, regardless of where our hearts are at, Lord, you are, you are way bigger than all of us. And we're thankful that you use us, that you choose to use imperfect people to do amazing things, to, to bring about your glory, Lord, for, for your purposes. So we think about this, this boy and this man, Lord, who are, are both struggling mightily, Lord, uh, physically. God, we pray that you would do an amazing thing, not only physical restoration, Lord, but the restoration of their heart, the restoration of their soul, Lord, to you that they would be able to see you clearly, that their families would be able to see you clearly and, and to know you, Lord, to know you, that you were a God of salvation. Lord, bring them to you as only you can, Lord. We, we pray in faith, believing that you are working. Do only what you can do, Lord. Bring about that miracle. Father, we just give you glory and honor. We pray for, the, Father, this nine-year-old boy and 
<clears throat> this, this gentleman, Father, with his legs, Lord, and you, Father, you've done a lot in this situation, Father. We pray more healing, Father, to continue, but, Father, healing in the family and restoration, Father, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, Father, through everyone that's associated with it, Father, for the doctors, Father, to see even more of your hand upon the situations, Lord. And that, Father, we pray even that the eyes will be open, the ears will be open, Lord, that you would begin to reveal yourself in a greater way. Father, to touch everybody that's involved, Father, from the families, Father, to the friends, to the situations, to the doctors and the nurses, Lord. We just loose your power, your glory, your might, and your salvation, and your great works that you do for the Son of Men, for your men, Lord, and your people. We give you all the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Eric, as we're praying for you, I felt like the Lord wants to encourage you with a prophetic word that you are a spy behind enemy lines and, and that the Lord's grace and protection is on you for that purpose. He's with you. Amen. Amen. Who's next? Hello, everyone. I know you probably all know me. I'm Vince. So a couple months ago, I asked my boss if I could have a raise. And you know, that's kind of a not fun thing to do. You go up to him, ask him for a raise. You don't know what he's going to say. So he said he's going to have to talk to the other guys there and get back to me, let, the, let me know if I'm doing a good enough job. So he comes back to me and tells me to talk to them. And he tells me I needed to work on some things. And you know, it just gave me this horrible sinking feeling in my heart that I wasn't doing good enough and that I would never be good enough to get this raise because I work so hard. But sometimes you don't realize it. You get caught up in the monotony of your work. Just you're failing at actually progressing in what you need to do. And I feel as though we sometimes have this problem with our faith that we aren't willing to step out of our comfort zone and do things that are harder, you know? Share your faith because... Sometimes it has great re rewards. So he told me to talk to my um, co coworkers and see what I could do better. So I actually went up and talked to them. I asked them, how can I do better at my job? They explained to me. I changed the things, and just a couple weeks ago, then my boss came up to me and said, you are doing an amazing job, and I want to give you a $2 an hour raise. So... Just don't get caught up in the monotony of your faith because changing a couple things can make a huge difference. So, thank you all. Hi, I'm Lisa. Um, when Kevin shared about the well, I thought that was definitely, I think, just the Holy Spirit being here because I was sitting here this morning feeling the same thing. It was like if God just like peeled back everything from my eyes that would ever cause me to doubt or question or worry, and it was like I was sitting here, and it was like all I saw 
was all the obvious good of the whole year. You know, just every place where God came through again and again and again and again and again. And it was like, I felt like that. I felt like, ah, I just wanted to scream all of it. And, um, but sitting here, because yeah, I mean, it has just been, it's been a hard year, but it's been one where, you know, when you stop to listen, God has been there 100%. And so I guess my thing that I would encourage is that if there is any area in your life where you're feeling like, you know, you want to take your bat and ball and go home or things are not going as maybe you anticipated, to just be sure that you're listening, being still and quiet, um, and that God will show up and he will speak. So the one thing that I am going to share, um, I have felt like God has been gently and slowly leading my sister to him. Um, my sister's you know, in New York, she works in the digital TV industry. She travels the whole world. She's got a very time-consuming career. So she has between daycares and my parents and schools and her husband, everybody else, you know, picking her kids up and dropping her kids off. And she sees them here and there. And yet throughout her career, she has had opportunities where God has placed people in her path. Um, years ago, she used to um, be behind the camera, and she used to follow um, female police officers, and she'd have to live with them and do everything they did. And twice she had um, born-again Christians that she had to live with and go to church with and go to Bible study with, and just different things like that where God is just not letting up on her. And so we just got back from New York. We stayed at her place the whole time, and um, we were taking a walk coming home from someplace, me, her, and Mark, and I mean my whole family, but the three of us were together, and she was sharing with us how she's still trying to find a church to go to with the kids. Um, I mean, she's going, she was going to a Catholic church originally because we were raised Catholic, and her husband was as well, and then she tried another church, and she was sharing a funny story about how her daughter was bouncing off the walls. Her children are not the most disciplined, being raised by 20 different people. <laughs> They're cute but they're crazy. And um, she's telling us how she's taking her daughter out of the church and her daughter's screaming at the top of her lungs. She's five. I want to receive the body of Christ. I want to eat the body of Christ. Um, which is really funny. Exactly. And MZ is, uh, she's really loud. And so uh, just knowing that my sister even though she herself had shared with me that she could never imagine picking a religion or anything growing up in New York in that melting pot in her career, that there is still something in her that is wanting to bring her kids to church, to have some kind of a religion or a faith. And then the coolest thing I found out, the last day we were there, and I didn't even know it, I was straightening up the room that we had stayed in. They, um, in October, they hired an au pair, a nanny, somebody to come live with them so that my mom doesn't, like, fall over, because my mom's been doing everything for them, and um, I was straightening up the woman's stuff, and I saw this devotional there from uh, Hillsong Church, and then Mark said, oh yeah, your sister told me that she was a Christian, and I just thought, out of every person they interviewed, who they chose to bring into their home, who you know she's this young woman from Brazil, that she is just loving on these kids the way God can, and I'm sure praying for them because my sister, I'd never seen my sister in years in such a place of peace and calm and just to see that God is 
patient. I mean, well, we need to be patient. He's, I don't know what he is, because I've been like thinking for years, like speed it up already. But just not to give up. Like he does things in his own time and just to remember that. Got to give him a minute. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Father, we give you thanks for family. We give you thanks for family. We thank you for Lisa for discerning eyes, and we thank you that that you've given her discerning eyes so she can pray into what you're doing. So we stand with Lisa. And we pray for her sister. We pray for that gift of faith, that seed of faith that you've put in, put in her sister, that that would be watered by our prayers, that it would be activated by grace, and that, it would, that her sister would say yes to you and her whole family would be saved. We thank you for, for the nanny that you brought into their home. Lord, we, we thank you for that gift. Thank you for that gift of that that woman, and we pray that you would grace her and embolden her and empower her to pray your prayers. And we pray for saving grace and faith and the power of God to, to come and draw draw them to your son and to your, your heart. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You faked me out there. <laughs> um, I go to Cornerstone University, which if you don't know where that is, it's in Grand Rapids, and it's a very expensive school. Um, and from the time I decided to go there, I knew I didn't really have the money to actually make it happen every year. So it was like, okay, I think God is wanting me to go here, but... God, you're going to have to provide because I don't have the money for it. Um, And it's been, like, really cool to see how, like, every semester, literally, God has shown up to providing. Um, It's been very humbling. I am a world-class bad truster when it comes to trusting God. Um, I like to say that I trust God um, because he is trustworthy, but I struggle to sometimes believe that God is actually going to actually answer my prayers. Um, but what's cool is the week before Thanksgiving, I was looking at my bank account and thinking, oh man, I don't have any money for next semester. (laughs) And just like really thinking through like, I only really have half of what I need. God, you're gonna have to do something. So I was really praying. I was like, God, please, like, like, I know that you're a provider. If you would just please provide. Um, and that same weekend, I got an email uh, from school saying to go to the accounting office to pick up a check, which is pretty normal. I was expecting that. I'm an RA, so I get reimbursed for different things. Um, and I had lowered my meal plan, so I was kind of expecting a reimbursement check. So then that Monday after that weekend that I was praying, I went and picked up the check. And I, like, walked out opening it to see, like, how much it was. It's like candy. <laughs> and <laughs> um, I opened it, and it was, like, 
half of what I had paid for tuition that semester, and I was like, this can't be right. But I like just scurried away anyways, because I was like, oh, <laughs> this is funny. Um, but um, it's just, I was, at the time I was like, well, I know like I was going to get a chunk back from lowering my meal plan. Maybe there were some other things. Something must have shifted. Who knows? Um, and then last week I got my school bill for next semester, and it was, it's literally half of what I paid for last semester, which never happens. It's always exactly the same, the two semester bills. And I was like, what? And so I like, kept going back through like um, the different things from this semester and for next semester. And I realized that when I was praying th that God would provide, I was expecting God to like bring money in to pay for the bill. But I think God cut my tuition in half for the year. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> but it's just a reminder that like even when we don't really expect God or we don't we like I do not deserve do anything to deserve that. I don't even always trust God to provide, but he does. He's a provider to who he is. I think a lot of times it's very normal to wrestle with like God providing monetarily in different arenas of life and to see that God can and he doesn't always do it in the way we expect. He can like blow up the system. So, there we go. So, cool. Thank you, Lord, for your provision. We bless Maddie, Lord, in this last semester, and pray, Lord, for your favor and your blessing, your guidance, and your provision to continue. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome, thanks. All right, hey, our time is winding down. But uh, maybe there are one or two more of you that are feeling compelled to share. So I just want you to be aware that we've got a, a few moments left to kind of wrap this up. Who's ready? Kent. I don't often share here. It's hard often to put things into an appropriate context where my story becomes something to which you can relate. And, and uh, today is no exception. I don't have any way to put this into simple, uh, concise language. But um, let me share with you just a little bit about what the Lord's done in my life uh, this last year. Um, in February, I had the opportunity to travel to Portugal and spend the full month there, which was a great experience. Um, and during the course of the time that I had there, a friend of mine who's a, a, like me is a business school professor um, had arranged uh, an opportunity for me to speak to a group of Christian leaders, ministry leaders over there in, in um, Lisbon. And uh, the outgrowth of that experience of uh, speaking about uh, a theme of organizing with the Spirit, how is it that we organize and lead organizations in the context of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, is that... Uh, we have uh, we, we formed a small group, and we're going to begin to meet on Thursday of this week. Um, it's a group that consists of uh, five Portuguese, and I invited um, a, a Brazilian from Rio de Janeiro to join us. Uh, he's also a business school professor. Um, and so we've got uh, a, a small group of us that are going to begin to meet together uh, to talk about uh, consulting 
and what it would mean to work uh, together with leaders of Christian organizations in the context of ministry and in business. Um, and uh, I'm excited about that and would ask for your prayers uh, for that time as we get started. Um, on Monday, I traveled to uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul. I flew out of the Lansing Airport uh, and uh, flew into Minneapolis to spend uh, the last five days with my parents. And uh, in the course of traveling, I had brought along with me a book that I have come to highly recommend, although I have yet to finish it myself. I'm still working my way through it. Um, some of you may remember the name uh, Lloyd John Ogilvy. Do some of you maybe remember that name? And uh, I had recently read by him a commentary on the book of Acts, which I thought was excellent. And one of the things that he mentioned in that book was that he um, sees his ministry as primarily about uh, reminding people about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I feel that, like that's really central to my calling, to be aware of and to be present to the work of the Holy Spirit. And so um, as I was in the airport here in Lansing and then traveling on the plane, I uh, completed reading a chapter in his book, um, I, Experiencing the Power of the Holy Spirit, that dealt with the theme of, um, of holiness. Um, one of the key themes that I want to develop and, and I'm interested in is how do we discern the will of God? And if we're leading organizations, what does it mean to be a discerning people and to be part of a discerning community, which I think is a desire that we have here in the vineyard as well. And um, my, uh, and, and so I was, I was captivated by the topic, and he brings out a passage in, in um, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, uh, which says that the will of God is that we be sanctified. The will of God is that we be sanctified. All of us are concerned about how do I discern the will of God? Where do I find the will of God? How is God leading in my life? And that verse really puts the central theme forward that it's really about us becoming a holy people, that that's really God's intention for us. And, uh, and, and that was helpful. Um, and the lights had gone down in the, in the cabin of the... Uh, of the plane, and so it was dark in there. And, it, and once I finished the uh, the chapter I was reading, turned off the light, the the reading light above me, and uh, just took a little time to pray about that. Um, and then the beverage service was coming by, and so there was a stewardess that wanted to give us each a drink. Um, and uh, the I got I got a drink and I got a uh, a napkin that goes with the with the drink. I don't know if any of you have flown uh, Delta of late, but they're giving out an interesting napkin sponsored by Coca Cola, and the napkin says, "Be Santa," which I have no idea what that means in 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 English. What does it mean to be Santa? I have no idea, but uh, in my context. That means uh, seja santo. Seja santo means uh, be holy. Be holy. Having read a passage about this call that the will of God is that we would be a holy people, uh, for me that was a significant message. Again, I don't expect that many of you will connect with that. But I'm with Lisa in that I believe that God is sending people out of Brazil into the entire world to be missionaries. Uh, and that's part of the work of God right now. 
and uh, I want to be a part of that. Um, so Seja Santo is, is a very important message as I begin to speak to a group of Portuguese-speaking uh, individuals. Um, I'm headed to Brazil uh, for the second half of uh, 2019, looking forward to uh, an invitation that I have to be a part of the business school faculty but also anticipating that uh, the Lord's beginning some good things in terms of working with uh, people in the realm of organizational leadership and uh, the call to be a holy people is a call that I feel deeply and personally. I believe it's the call upon our lives, uh, that those of us that want to know and do the will of God. It's an area where I'm asking for your prayers on my behalf as well.